Hey friends, you know I love a good story, especially when it's a God story that equips, inspires, and encourages us in our walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Jody Kiracosta, ministry leader at Somebody Cares America and International, author and traveler on this journey of faith, and I'm delighted you've joined us today. Now we'll be taking a break for the month of August and have some great stories lined up when we resume in September, including Joan Hunter, so you don't want to miss that. This August will be a great time to catch up on episodes you may have missed. I encourage you to listen with some friends and maybe even form a Her God Story podcast club. It's very simple. Pick an episode and all listen to the same one. Then gather together, discuss it over some favorite refreshments. You can even do it using Zoom or some other online service. We've prepared episode questions on hergodstory.org for you to use in your discussion. And it's a great way to reach out to friends who might not know Christ yet. Include them in the conversation and see what God will do. Listening to an episode takes much less time than reading most books, and we think you're going to have a lot of takers. So gather some friends and try it out. When you do, email us at prayer at somebodycares.org to let us know so we can be praying for you. If you have listened to any of my previous episodes, you probably know that I always ask my guests what woman in the Bible they've been encouraged or inspired by or learned something from. One of my recent guests, Sandra Tracy from episode 60, talked about the Shunammite woman whose story is told in 2 Kings. Now, I have read that story multiple times, but always focusing on Elisha and his exploits. Sandra's mention of the Shunammite woman intrigued me. So I decided to read those passages again, listening for what the Lord wanted to say to me through the Shunammite woman's story. And he showed me a few things I want to share with you. As I think about the Shunammite woman's story, Ephesians 3 verses 20 and 21 come to mind. The NIV reads, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let me explain. This woman lived in the village of Shunam which was located in the Israelite territory given to the tribe of Issachar. From what I can tell, though, she was not an Israelite. Often in the Old Testament, when a person is referenced, the tribe they came from is also mentioned. Since no tribe is indicated in this story, we can assume she was from another people group living in the land, so she was not one of the chosen people. But... Her interactions with the Israelites living around her gave her opportunity to hear about the Lord their God. She liked what she heard, and she wanted in on whatever God was doing. 2 Kings 4 verses 8 through 36 tell the first part of her story. If you haven't read it in a while, I encourage you to do so. This unnamed woman was married to an older man, and they were quite wealthy. They did not have any children So she was free to spend her time doing and pursuing whatever she wanted. Freedom, wealth, sounds pretty good, right? But she knew she was missing the most important thing, relationship with God. So when she heard that Elisha, the well-known prophet of Israel, was in her area, she persuaded him to stop at her house to eat. And he did. Apparently, none of the Israelites invited him over. Maybe they were too intimidated to ask. Maybe they were afraid Elisha would speak some harsh word from God to them. Or maybe they just didn't want to be bothered. But the woman from Shunem made it a point to seek Elisha out 
and urged him to come. This was no casual invitation. She did everything in her power to convince him to stop at her house. And every time he passed by their town, which apparently was fairly regularly, she wanted him to stay at her home. And although it doesn't say this overtly in scripture, we can surmise that her real desire was to learn more about God. How do we know this? Well, Elisha was a miracle worker, but she didn't ask him for anything. In fact, she convinced her husband to have a room built for Elisha and furnished it so he had a place to stay whenever he was nearby. Now, I believe all of this reveals the first key to blessing. Make room for the presence of the Lord. This unnamed foreign woman made room for the presence of God in her home. Don't get me wrong, Elisha was not God, but he represented the Lord in his day. Since the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, as described in Acts 2, all believers in Jesus have the Holy Spirit residing in us. That was not the case in Elisha's day. The Holy Spirit came upon various people, like prophets, but he did not reside in them. That was only possible after Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. And as 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Once we do that, the Holy Spirit is free to reside in us. And Ephesians 1, 11 tells us that as a child of God with Holy Spirit living in us, we have received an inheritance from God. The Shunammite woman lived long before Jesus. So she invited God's presence into her home by urging Elisha to come for meals and then having a room built for him to use whenever he wanted. It was in all effects Elisha's room. He could do whatever he wanted there. She gave him free reign. And if you have declared Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, confessing your sins to him, the Holy Spirit resides in you. But you must also give him free reign in your life. How do we do that today? Of course, we don't need to build him a physical room. We are the temple of the living God. But John 16, 13 gives us a clue. It tells us when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. The question is, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to reside in you, who who resides in you, to guide you into truth? Are you regularly reading or listening to God's word and allowing him to speak through it to you? If not, it's time to start. Without the plumb line of truth found in God's word, you will, we all will, be tricked by faulty philosophies and beliefs that lead us away from truth and into Satan's territory. Remember what John 10.10 tells us. Satan comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we have life and have it to the full. Making room for the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, to be active in your life, leading you into truth, is one key to blessing and a full life. Let's see how that played out for the Shunammite woman. One day, Elisha was in his room resting when he told his servant Gehazi to find out what he could do for his host. The Shunammite had not asked Elisha for anything. She just opened her home and made him comfortable there. And God prompted Elisha to bless her. God is like that. He wants to bless us. And when we invite him in to lead us, his blessings overflow in our lives. 
Romans 8 verses 32 and 33 tell us that God is for us. And because he already gave his own son for us, we can be confident he will graciously give us all things. Now, even when Elisha asked the Shunammite woman what he could do for her, she couldn't think of anything. She basically told him she was happy and well cared for. But Gehazi reminded Elisha that the woman did not have a son, which was a really big deal in that day. Elisha then prophesied that she would have a son by the same time next year. The Shunammite woman was blown away by that promise. For whatever reason, having a son was more than she could have hoped for. I'm sure she and her husband had tried to have a child for many years, but without success. So she'd given up that hope. But God knew her deep desire and chose to bless her abundantly. A year later, her son was born. But that's not the end of her story. A few years later... Her son was in the field with his dad when he grabbed his head and started crying out in pain. His father had a servant quickly take the boy to his mother, but the boy died in her arms around noon. This seems like a cruel joke. She'd made peace with being childless years before when God surprised her with the gracious gift of a son. Now just a few years later, he died? What a devastating event. She surely felt pain anger, and sorrow, but she did not let them paralyze her. Somehow, faith rose up in her instead. Well, it does not say specifically in the Bible, I'm sure as Elijah came and went from her home over the years, she heard tales of what God had done through him, as well as through his mentor, Elijah, She must have remembered the story of how God used Elijah to raise the son of a widow in Zarephath from the dead. That story is found in 1 Kings 17. So the Shunammite woman laid her son on Elisha's bed in the room she had built for him. Then she had her husband summon a servant and a donkey to take her to Elisha. She did not even tell her husband about the boy's death but she urged the servant to take her on the donkey as quickly as possible to Mount Carmel, some 15 miles away where Elisha was at the time. That was roughly a journey of five hours on a donkey. Elisha recognized her coming from a distance and sent Gehazi to find out what was wrong. Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Gehazi asked. The Shunammite woman said, everything's all right. Now that's faith. When she reached Elisha, the man of God, she fell down and took hold of his feet. At that point, she pours out her heart. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? You may be thinking, where's her faith now? But here is another key to blessing. She cast her cares, her anxiety on the Lord, as it tells us to do in 1 Peter 5, 7. Even in her pain, she had set her heart to seek the Lord. The only way she knew to do that was to go to the man of God who spoke for the Lord in that day. Elisha quickly gave his staff to Gehazi, his servant, and told him to run back to her home, 15 miles, and lay the staff on the boy, which Gehazi did. But the Shunammite woman would not leave Elisha, so they set off too. When Elisha reached the house, the boy was still dead. This is likely the next day. So Elisha went into the room, closed the door, and prayed. After some time, 2 Kings 4.25 says, 
The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. God raised him from the dead. I've wondered, though, why the Bible would be so specific about him sneezing seven times. As I've pondered this, I believe the Lord gave me some insight. The number seven in the Bible is used to signify completeness and perfection. If you want to know more about that, you can read more in a link in our show notes. But I believe the seven sneezes was the Lord's way of telling the Shunammite that the boy's healing was complete and perfect. Remember, seven signified completion and perfection. I believe the Lord wanted her to know everything was going to be okay so she would not be plagued by fear of this ever happening again. God loves us so much. He meets our every need. He returned the woman's son to her and addressed the unspoken fear that could have troubled her for the rest of her life. God is so good. That is still not the end of the Shunammite story. If we continue reading 2 Kings 4, 5, 6, and 7, we find out that Israel was struck by famine, war, and turmoil. We read how God used Elisha to do other miracles and speak truth to kings, and we might not give another thought to the Shunammite woman. But in 2 Kings 8, we find out that she was always in God's thoughts. She had made room for the presence of God in her life, and he had protected her. 2 Kings 8, verses 1 and 2 says, Now Elisha had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, Go away with your family and stay for a while wherever you can, because the Lord has decreed a famine in the land that will last seven years. The woman proceeded to do as the man of God said. She and her family went away and stayed in the land of the Philistines seven years. God spared her the seven years of hardship that Israel faced. You see, Israel had in large number turned away from God. So God allowed them the experience of what life is like when you turn away from him. But the Shunammite woman had pursued God and God protected her. That does not mean that those who pursue God will never face or experience hardship. We talked about the trial she experienced when her son died, but this trial that Israel had to face was not one she needed to experience. What if she'd chosen to disregard Elisha's warning, thinking, I'm rich, which she was, so I'll make it through this just fine. I'm sure God would have preserved her out of his love, but she would have experienced the difficulties of the famine and war right along with everyone else. Instead, she chose wisely. She listened to the Lord's instruction and found safety elsewhere. After the seven years of famine were over and the invading army of the Arameans were thoroughly defeated, she came home. But she discovered someone else had moved into her house and took over her land. Now, because she had obeyed God in leaving, he paved the way for her to have it all restored, plus more. When she arrived at the king's palace to plead her case, Gehazi, Elisha's servant, was there regaling the king with the many amazing things God had done through Elisha. He was just telling the king how God had used Elisha to raise this woman's son from the dead when she walked in. The king asked her for the full story and then assigned an officer to make sure her home and land were returned to her, plus all the income from her land from the day she left the country, seven years of profit. God did exceedingly abundantly above all she could ask or imagine because she invited God's presence into her life and home and sought him alone in her time of trouble. She sought the Lord in good times 
and bad, and God responded with blessing. I am so glad there is no other prerequisite for God's blessing. We don't have to be born of a chosen people. We're all chosen. We don't have to observe ritualistic rules and laws. In fact, God hates those. As Christians, which we become out of God's grace and not by our own position or because of our works, we just have to seek him, follow him, give him our cares. That's it. Psalm 512 in the New Living Translation says, For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. The NIV says it this way, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. God loves you as much as he loves the unnamed Shunammite woman. He is eagerly waiting to shower you with his love and favor. As you pursue him and pour out your cares to him, he will amaze you with his love and blessing. Let me take a moment and pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for taking notice of the unnamed Shunammite woman. You saw her heart. You understood her desire to know you. And you made a way for her over and over again where there seemed to be no way. And you do the same for each one of us when we draw near to you and invite you to draw near to us. I ask now, Father, that you would draw near to every listening friend. Show yourself strong on their behalf. Show yourself faithful to them as you showed yourself faithful to the Shunammite woman and to me over and over again. I ask for your healing power, your restorative work, your amazing grace to carry these dear friends forward. Bless them now with more of you, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Check out our show notes at hergodstory.org for scripture, links, and other information, and sign up there for our emails and to get a free six-week devotional on Women of the Bible that you can download for free or purchase a 12-week devotional on Women of the Bible for just $12, knowing that all proceeds go to our Widow and Orphan Fund. We'd love to pray with you on our 24-7 prayer and text line, so give us a call or text anytime at 855-459-CARE or email us at prayer at somebodycares.org. And now, dear friends, I bless you from Ephesians 3.20. May the Lord do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you. Her God Story is a ministry of Somebody Cares America and International. To find out more about or support the ministry, go to somebodycares.org.